Whether you've got an ergonomic keyboard and mouse or that new gaming chair, you take measures to ensure that your gaming experience is comfortable. So why shouldn't your lower half be just as comfortable as your top? <laughs> Buddha boxers use a super breathable bamboo fabric that increases air circulation and absorbs more moisture than cotton, which means you can focus on one thing, gaining XP. Discover Underwear Zen and stay fresh throughout your gaming bender. For 20% off, visit www.buddhaboxers.com and use code ACHIEVEMENT. That's B-U-D-D-H-A boxers.com and promo code ACHIEVEMENT. BuddhaBoxers.com! And we are also brought to you by the Total War Warhammer series, which has returned to critical acclaim. We're critics. We're acclaiming it right now. Join the battle with four all-new playable races. The Noble High Elves. Why are elves always noble? Their murderous cousins, the Dark Elves. Sure. The Ancient and Orderly Lizardmen. And the ravenous, destructive Skaven in the most absorbing, story-driven, real-time strategy game of the year. Visit TotalWar.com for more information or head over to Steam to purchase your copy of Total War Warhammer 2 today. Hello and welcome to Achievement Oriented, the Ringer's video yeah. game podcast. I am Ben Lindbergh, writer for TheRinger.com. We are part of The Ringer Podcast Network, and an integral part of that network is my colleague and my co-host, Jason Concepcion. Hello, Jason. Hello! Can I ask you a personal question? Well, uh, you can <laughs> wait, until you're, wait until I'm, <laughs> I see you at your wedding, but we can do it now. <laughs> I can't wait that long. So... Our friend Shea Serrano, yes. who is the author of what is about to be the best-selling book in the universe, Amazing. basketball and other things. He took, me out to dinner, he took me out to dinner three consecutive uh, nights <laughs> the last time he was here. That's how hard this that- MFR is flossing right now. <laughs> so one way in which he was flossing was announcing to the world that you used to have dreads. That's true. This was new to me. He put it out there on Twitter. Listen. Now, I will say... <clears throat> You've had multiple looks in your life. I have. I, have. I was talking to Jeff Chow, who is our, uh, who's yeah. one of our executives here at the Ringer, and I've uh, I've had a lot of looks. Pigtail. Really I've have. had pigtails, long hair. I've had like wow. shortish long hair. I've had like, shaved mohawks, head during binge head. mode. That was yeah. like in the depths of despair. I shaved my head, but I've had like <laughs> yeah. a lot of looks, and I've yeah. and I've uh, I'm proud of them all in different yeah. ways. So I admire this because I am a man with one style, which is no style, and I've had that style my whole life. <laughs> so <laughs> when I go to the barber to get my $18 haircuts, which is very cheap by Manhattan standards, sure. I just say, I don't know, trim it or something. Right, and right, then right. someone who may or may not speak my language does something, and I get out of there, and hopefully it's fine. But Basically, I looked the same at 30 as I looked at 12, more or less, at least hair-wise. So for someone like you, I admire someone who is able to, to pull off this many looks in a lifetime. When you're playing a video game, when you go to sure. the character creation oh, screen, man. what do you do? Because not that you have to create a, a character who is a replica of you. That's what, I, that's what I often do. But if you do that, do you dive into your former lives and say... I'm going to go with Jason from college. Oh, I'm going to go with binge mode Jason. Or do you just test out new looks in a video game? What, what's your strategy? It's a great question. Um, you know what I do is uh, I usually do what I look like now at, mm. in the current moment. Okay. Um, occasionally I'll do a guy who is just like wild. <laughs> but as, I, that never seems to have the staying power. The true immersion is when like I can really feel like... That guy kind of looks like me. Um, right. So usually I do, I, you know, I will do, I will at least start with uh, whatever is the closest to what my hairstyle currently looks like. And then if I get bored, I'll change it. I'll change it up. Uh-huh. So if we were to dig into your save files, it would be just like a, a style time capsule. It would be like, this is what Jason looked like during the PS2 era. This right. is what he looked like. I, I, will say, right. <laughs> I will say like for 2K17, when I scanned my yeah. face in, I right. did like a, um, you know, I looked like basically like Post Malone. 
Like I <laughs> I put the I had the pigtails and the weird. So I guess that was like a throwback. Mm, I looked like okay. I was definitely like not. That was not my current hairstyle. <laughs> okay, I have so many more questions. Most of sure. them. Sure. Where do you go? Where do you go? Where do you get your haircut? Can, in can you send me pictures? <laughs> sure. I will. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a snap. My favorite yeah. thing about New York barbershops is like, until you find the right one, basically the experience is like you go in, you tell like this sixty-five-year-old Russian man like what you want. Yes. He nods. He does total crapshoot. You, you sit have no down, idea. He what's does whatever happen. the fuck he wants, and you pay him and leave. <laughs> Exactly. And I'm I'm always afraid to speak up when the haircut is over because like they do that. No. Yeah. No, you can't because it's like insulting their work. And also, I don't even, I can't even tell because like they ha- they hold up the mirror and it's like, does this look okay? And right. I don't know. Like until yeah, yeah. t- I, you know, get out of there and wash my hair, I don't know what it's going to look like. So Here. I just, I, I take whatever life gives me. The place I found when I finally found the place and it was like the, in the last year of before I like left New York. So it was kind of sad. On yeah. the Mark Barbershop downtown mm. in, in the, the village. I highly recommend it. I use them for my ringer soccer hair article. <laughs> Great guys, and they work fast, and it's, like, affordable. All right. I don't even know if my barbers have names. It's just, like, get your hair cut here. <laughs> I know. I feel, like you walk, have... I feel like you walk out, walk a half a block, and then just walk into a place. It's yeah. worth going downtown, Ben, on the mark, I'm telling you. I just see the nearest should, rotating barber pole candy yeah. cane thing, and I just walk in there and take my chances. Now, what do you All do? Right. Do you show them a picture, like, on, a, on your phone? I have occasionally done that. So this last time, because I'm getting married, yeah, my, kind, my of bride to be, kind of important. Kind of important to look to good was, for this uh, one. Yeah. So she, like, she was looking at pictures. I ended up showing them Max Kellerman. <laughs> I was like, I was like, give me the Max Kellerman. <laughs> Jesse was like, I like that. It looks very yeah. neat. Maybe a little shorter on the sides, but yeah, I like give me that. The Max Kellerman. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, Max going back to his local New York radio really days. Really smart guy lives in the, actually lives in the village. Yeah, lives in okay. Village for his whole life. All right, I know well, that for some reason. Sporting the Max Kellerman look these Excellent. days. Excellent. Excellent. All right, enough hair talk. Sure. We have a game to talk about. Cuphead. Cuphead. This is new release. Came out last week. Story is definitely secondary in this game. It's not really about the plot. You literally play as a guy whose head is a cup, and you make a deal with the devil. You owe him your soul. You have to collect contracts on a bunch of bosses so that they can go to the devil instead of you. And it's really not so much about the the story. It's presented in a series of animated cutscenes. But this is a game that is about the gameplay and the look. It is from Studio MDHR Entertainment, which is a new indie studio formed by Two Canadian brothers, Chad and Jared Moldenhauer, we're going to talk to them in a few minutes about this game's release, but we've been playing it, so we want to just discuss our own impressions of this game. I'm about halfway through it, I think. I've, I've beaten the first couple worlds, and it's not a super long game, so I partly haven't beaten it because of time limitations, mostly because of skill limitations. Yeah. I've put a lot of time into this game. I just haven't gotten very far because it's difficult. But this is, anyone who's listening to this has probably seen the look of Cuphead. It is modeled on 1930s cartoons, and it is beautiful, and it looks exactly like those cartoons. And we're going to talk about how the brothers brought that to life but i know that you got what a, a quick session with it before it actually came out I or did. yeah and you had some misgivings i think just because <sighs> the the hype was at such a level right. that you were probably expecting i don't know to be totally blown away and so when we talked before the game came out you were like i don't know i don't know but we've spent some time with it now yeah, and we both like it a lot it's good yeah i um I think I was just, yeah, you know, the hype cycle had just really gotten to me in the constant delays, and I was thinking, oh, man, what is this thing is bad? And then I saw it at a Microsoft event here in L.A. and um, didn't get a lot of time hands-on with it, but I watched a guy who was really bad play it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it kind of was like, man, this looks like uh, like like Contra, but with a really great skin. And that's yeah. not what it is at all. It's it's actually, it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It is. It's really good. It's it's kind of a boss rush, like a series yes. of bosses. There's there's sort of an overworld where you walk around and right. you go to these levels, and many of them are just a boss, and some of them are more of a run and gun kind of platforming shooting style. Right. And 
you just make your way through. You, of course, can upgrade your health and your equipment in certain ways, but it's really just timing and pattern recognition and reaction speed and it's designed to be challenging. Like when I got the email, they sent us codes for the game and it said something about, you know, Cuphead is designed to be a challenging game. And often when I see that, I'm like, uh oh, because I just know it's not only going to be difficult, but maybe there's going to be a lot of replaying. I only have so much time to play. I'm going to be banging my head against the same levels over and over. Like we talked about this recently with Sonic Mania, which is a a good game. Very well done. But I found it frustrating because, you know, you'd get to the end of a multi-part stage. You'd die in the boss and then you'd have to restart the whole thing over again. And I find that demoralizing. And I do not get that feeling at all with Cuphead, even though I'm dying dozens of times for every every level. It doesn't feel frustrating in that way because every level can be beaten in a couple minutes, like two, three minutes. They're not very long levels. And so when you die, you never have to go back that far. And you always feel like, I know what I did wrong that time and I'm going to do something differently this time. I I totally agree. They've done a great job with that. Um, And especially, you know, you you wonder how and we'll talk with them about uh, the the process of merging art with game um but must you know you see why it took so long because the process is really laborious and quite different from you know standard video game development Mm -hmm. yeah but if there were any fears that like this game was just all flash and style like jason with dreads and you know (laughs) not enough substance that is yeah. it's just not the case with Cuphead. Right. There is a, a game here, and it's a really fun game, and it doesn't like totally reinvent the wheel gameplay-wise. Like If you've played run-and-gun and, and boss-fight-style kind of arcade shooter-type games, yeah. there's, you know, it's, it's in that style very much so, in that tradition, but it's just a, a really good synthesis of the art and the gameplay, and I'm just very impressed by how hooked I am despite how bad I am at the game, it's hard to, to bring both of those things into one game without you know alienating me because at some point I'll be like, I suck and I give up for now. I'll come back to this later, not with Cuphead. Uh, same. And, no. and it's just incredible to look at. It is. Like, you could just look at it forever. Yeah, this is yeah, this is a really good game to show maybe the casual gamer in your life or like the non-gamer in your life who thinks that all games look a certain way and is not that impressed by that look if you show them Cuphead. It's like this is the the range of possibilities that we see in today's video game world. There are all kinds of incredible looks and this is just pulled off perfectly. So, yeah. I'm really enjoying it and recommending it and I I just encourage everyone to try it too same so we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with the brothers who made this game Chad and Jared Moldenhauer for those of you not already playing we'd like to introduce the official mobile game of AMC's The Walking Dead The Walking Dead No Man's Land from game developer Next Games The Walking Dead No Man's Land is a turn-based action strategy game where you battle hordes of walkers with all your favorite heroes, including Daryl, Rick, and Michonne. By building your camp and enlisting more survivors and heroes to join you, slowly but surely, you'll become a force to be reckoned with. There's tons of playable content that lets you relive the highlights of season 7 and throwback moments from earlier seasons of the TV show. I've watched them all. I'm still in on The Walking Dead. As well as a new hardcore survival game mode for experienced players called The Distance. Watch out for new content for the upcoming Season 8, premiering at the end of October. Can you survive and stay human? Download The Walking Dead No Man's Land for free from the App Store or Google Play. Or go to getnomansland.com rick now and get Negan for free. This special offer is only available right now, so don't wait. That's getnomansland.com rick. So as promised, we are now joined by the creators of Cuphead, who have labored for many hours over many years years. to bring us this game. Chad and Jared Moldenhauer, guys, welcome. I'll say hello to you individually so that people can put the name to the voice. So Chad, hello. Hello. How are you doing? We're doing well. And Jared, welcome. Hi, hi. Thanks for having us. 
Yeah, we're happy to. So Cuphead, of course, has a fascinating origin story. We want to go over the art style. We want to go over the mechanics of that. But I'll just ask you about the development. I know the the origins go back to, what, 2010, I think, was when you started development. And I guess that's not counting an earlier attempt, (laughs) which was not completed. And then you guys work in different places. You're working from home so how do you bring a game to life that way? This is not a, an established studio with an established studio's resources. <laughs> well, we the 2010 is a little bit of a misnomer just because we mentioned this in our interviews before that we were discussing the idea of making a game at that time. Ah. Mm. We weren't I have also actually... discussed ideas in yeah. the past. <laughs> so I'm technically yes. in development on many things. <laughs> <For the> last... <laughs> yes. So <laughs> with with that in mind, we've been developing games since we were eight years old, technically. But <laughs> right. we nothing really started on Cuphead until probably mid-2013. And mm-hmm. even even then, it was pre-production, uh, not making anything as a real game, just prototyping and testing. And it was only me, Jared, uh, another programmer, and me working very part-time weekends, and sometimes you know two or three weekends would go by without any work. So the real bulk of Cuphead's work began in mid-2014, mm-hmm. and, and only later uh, the later part of 2015 when we expanded the team is when you could really uh, consider us working on the game so it's just over two 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 and a half years of development time to finish cuphead well with Mm -hmm. a full team for sure yes and like i mean there's still some interesting things that i have like on the computer that make me happy like in the really early times when we had no clue and it was not cuphead in any which way there was like weird ideas of maybe making a game where you progress through like elementary school levels of art. So like there's this <laughs> mini game where you like fight a turkey hand piece of art. Do you know what I mean? Where you stamp yeah. your hand and paint yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it bounces around versus this like green guy who uses his hat to attack with. So, I mean, it slightly, slightly has a resemblance to the the slime battle in Cuphead, but I, I would also agree that it was like the initial process was not Cuphead, was just working out what we needed to to reach the point of Cuphead. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I know Jason's going to have questions about how this art style was made, but before we get to the how, can we start with the why? I know a lot of games obviously are embracing a retro look these days, but you guys went with the really, really, really retro look. So how did you decide on the 1930s cartoon style? I think that really the main reason is that Jared and I love the style from that era. And it's it's in our top three probably list of favorite animation or uh, cartoon styles and it for both of us so when we were doing pre-production and you know thinking of these weird ideas like going through elementary schools of art or trying pencil crayon sketches as another style we always joked with why don't we do one of our favorite styles and make it like the 1930s cartoons but we always knew that was a joke since i had never had any uh, classical animation training and we, oh, that we you know we didn't really have like these massive art skills so we just kind of joked about it and kept pressing on and eventually we tested i think with popeye and mickey mouse and did some mock-ups some mock-up screenshots and we loved them and we showed some of our peers and they were like if you guys could ever get even 10 percent of this look it would be the best game we ever saw so once we heard that we just ran with it and then I started learning how to animate just you know for fun (laughs) (laughs) so uh oh go ahead go ahead oh no I was just gonna say that um I'm pretty sure that's the main that's the actual reason we chose the style like there's no other cool stories behind it well I mean it does come with family history in some sense like where we grew up the bargain bins were chocked full of just happened to be at that time like older cartoons so Mm. all the vhs tapes just 
seemed to be the 30s and the 40s. I mean, there was Looney Tunes and other things in it, and I'm not sure why we initially picked them or if it was our parents, but the collection that we had accrued was just something that we kept going back to. And then, I mean, we're still kids of the 80s. We watched He-Man and Ninja Turtles eventually when it came out, but uh, we were always drawn more to the, the 30s styling. So... In a sense, like, good luck and having that being a part of our upbringing was a way to have appreciation for this type of animation. And it just felt right when we were choosing through thousands of styles to do that uh, this just stuck and works for us. Yeah, the, um, design style, art style, the evolution of, of art style is something I'm fascinated by because it's such a, um, you know, you... Uh, Artists and creators kind of go right up against the bleeding edge of whatever the technology is at the time. And then uh, that becomes the hallmark of a particular era. Um, so I was wondering, if, you know, just if there was anything specific. And like, was it Steamboat Willie? Was it Betty Boop? Was it that uh, let's all go to the lobby uh, clip from the 50s drive-in movie theaters? Like, was there a specific um, cartoon or animation that you guys called on? Um, uh, we, we watched a ton of Fleischer cartoons when we were growing up and a bunch of silly symphonies. So I think most of our love of this art and what took us down this path is from those early Betty Boop cartoons and the earlier silly symphonies for sure. And if we wanted to get into specifics, we definitely have favorite cartoons that we watched um, as we got older, that stuck with us for a long time, like Swing You Sinners from Fleischer, Bimbo's Initiation. They have the pre-haze code, surreal, mm. anything goes feel that we wanted to capture when we were making Cuphead, just so it wasn't a super clean and modern feeling cartoon, something that still felt like it didn't belong in this era. And we should, I should mention that the haze code is, um, it's like, it was like, guideline for morals in the early that was impressed upon the early motion picture industry and uh, movies that came out before that are called uh, pre-code particularly if you're talking to people who like really love movies yes say, oh, it's one of the great pre-code movies um, <laughs> to talk about the actual technique of creating this stuff I mean it's all hand-drawn right yes the there's no now did that take a long time <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we may we may have delayed the game a few times. <laughs> uh, I think Jared agrees too. If we would have known how much work this was when we initially set out, we would have just said, you know, let's save this for game three or game ten, and we can come back to it. <laughs> yeah, um, the process is very straightforward. It's it, it nearly mimics the the same of the era. All the animation is started. Well, all the concepts are started on paper, and from there, the keyframes and the animation is drawn on paper and tested. So it's scanned in, and we test the the animation just like pretty close to the same way they did it back in the day. They would film, they would actually film everything for a pencil test, and we're not going that old wow. <laughs> school hardcore. So we're saving a we're saving many- a few hours doing it. Uh, doing some modern innovations, I guess. So say for a move, like say for uh, Cuphead uh, leaping into the air and coming back down, how many how many individual frames is that? That one actually isn't too bad. I, th- I think there's about nine or ten frames of the, the spin animation and then mm-hmm. one takeoff frame from the jump, but it's just because that animation has to be so reactive when you're playing. You can't have yeah. a ton of animation like... Um, Prince of Persia, where you have to watch your character go through this entire motion. So there's going to be certain animations that are actually cut a bit short, just so it works with gameplay. Was it? Was there a moment when you were like, uh, "I'd love to not do this anymore," but I've come uh, too far. The, the, the <laughs> weird thing is, I don't know if we ever hit that. And Jared, I think you have the same feeling. Like as we created more, and you know, got our visions into the game and saw it fully working we just it revitalized us at every step and never felt like oh how are we gonna ever finish this yeah i'd 100 percent agree like 
any feelings of fatigue that may hit at some point on a long project, and I've never been on a project this long <laughs> in my life, that if, if you think you've hit the wall and you've crashed, it's, it, it's so rewarding to be a part of a team with so many talented people that every time you get the latest piece of art and you get it in the game and you're finally playing it, it, it always brought you back. I mean, at the same time, too, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even know what happened in the last five years. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm still alive, so that's good. And, yeah, it wouldn't change anything. Can you tell us about the benefits and drawbacks, if any, to having such a distinctive style just from a, a reception standpoint? Because obviously the second Cuphead went public, everyone was intrigued. I guess it was 2014 E3 and people were immediately anointing it as a game to watch without having played it just because it stood out. And so many games you see them and you say that looks like this other game or that other game and you couldn't really make that kind of comparison with Cuphead. So on the one hand, I assume that's a huge advantage just because people will pay attention to your game. On the other hand, people immediately want to know, when can I play it? Where is it? When will it be out? <laughs> is it just a good looking game or is it a good playing game? So can you tell us about kind of the, the pluses and minuses there? Uh, uh, the pluses are definitely the, the obvious ones that it stands out. And I think, at least in our opinion, will stand the test of time. It's not linked to any technology that's going to fade and look, you know, like yeah. a super low poly or, you know, early pixel, very early pixel art styles that kind of faded away over the time. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of the downfalls as we were creating the game, it was hard to ever press onto people who only watch the game that there was going to be gameplay to back it. And I think, I think that's only yeah. because it's such a new style and it seemed almost, from the outside, you could look at it as this studio is only focusing on the art because the art looks like it does. And they must be skimping on every other facet of the game, which was actually the exact opposite of our, you know, our key core feeling of when we're making a game, what it needs to be. Yeah, there was a lot of times that like you would see something which to me was like a good sign that you'd read uh, an article being like this is blatantly vaporware <laughs> like because we're looking at it and that seems unreal and if it is real it mustn't be much of a game at all it's just something mm. fancy to look at so that was really rewarding to finally have released and finally get out and let people play it at an E3 or a PAX event and get the feedback because it is true as much as like all aspects the the sound the visuals the gameplay we wanted to hit precisely everything that we were passionate about equally and yeah we we're, we're really proud with how it all turned out for sure all right so we're going to take a very quick break to hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back with more from Chad and Jared the Total War Warhammer series has returned to critical acclaim. Join the battle with four all-new playable races, the Noble High Elves, their murderous cousins, the Dark Elves, the Ancient and Orderly Lizardmen, and the ravenous, destructive Skaven in the most absorbing, story-driven, real-time strategy game of the year. Other new features include settlement ruins, which can be delved for hidden treasures, encounters at sea, such as shipwrecks and mysterious islands, bands of roving warriors, and vicious storms erupting in sea regions. Needless to say, the new world is alive with threats, challenges, and possibilities. So it's no wonder that IGN ranked Total War Warhammer 2 a 9.1 out of 10. It's pretty close to a 10, people. Stating that the four fun distinct factions and a story-driven campaign in Total War Warhammer 2 sets a new bar for the series. Total War Warhammer 2 is available for purchase now. You can go get it this second. Visit TotalWar.com for more information. That's TotalWar.com. Or head over to Steam to purchase your copy of Total War Warhammer 2 today. Is there anything that you weren't fully able to capture in the cartoon style that you were emulating? Anything that just proved too difficult to pull off in action? Well, we were dumb enough to try and pull off the, th the actual physical 3D models that we have in the game, just as a, a shout out to the Fleischer Studios. Uh, mm. the, the genie background is actually a full physical model and just 
pictures were taken of it, so it looks like it's moving in 3D. And same uh -huh. with the uh, Dragon's Tower as a three and a half foot tall physical object. And even the, the opening to the game is a, an actual book that the team made and bound oh, so wow. we could film it like the Snow White days. Yeah. Huh. yeah. There was like a few limitations, but more based on choice. Like we could have, but I think people wouldn't have enjoyed a delayed till 2020. <laughs> um, did it all sell, like actually did cells of each colored frame, which was tossed around in the beginning that is this feasible? Do we have the budget? Do we have the time? And what do we want to do? And the, the results were so minimal between like coloring it digitally and trying to Paint. Yeah. actually do the entire process of painting every frame in the game, which would have been quite the feat. <laughs> but I'm really glad, really, really glad we just said, let's skip that one step. <laughs> it could have been done, but let's skip that one step. Um, I'm glad you guys uh, mentioned, you know, getting mock-ups for something for people to see that's, you know, in game development a lot of times. Um, kind of like the final art style when combined with the engineering and the gameplay doesn't happen until pretty far on into the process, but I think people are used to seeing a certain kind of like a wireframe graphics. They're just used to seeing unfinished graphics in a certain way. At what point in the process were you able to show people something that they could understand as being the game? Um, and do you mean like when we, even when we first showed it in 2014? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it just seems like, you know, it's so laborious to, to, to merge the, the art with, um, with the game engine that, you know, I, I can't imagine at what point you'd be like, okay, here's what it is. And here's a boss fight. And here's how you move around in the thing. Yeah. We, that, that first group of stuff that we showed off, you can go back and pick through it. Cuphead didn't have his entire animation set, so we could only show off a few things that he could do. And there's, you know, some scenes where he's just running away because it's just a simple run loop. Um, so that the first time that we showed it was just us choosing what was actually done to, to show the public instead of, you know, having placeholder art showing up when you ducked or whatever was missing at that time. And yeah, there's no, there's no middle ground when you're doing something like this without right. wasting a, way too much time to you know have loose sketches and then come back and uh, put the final art on top. We just got accustomed to working with like most of our placeholder art in the game to fine tune stuff to like the near final level is really crude. But uh, Jared and I both have a decent. Uh, I guess artist goggles and we can look past some of that stuff just to feel the gameplay elements before all the visuals have been put on. Yeah, there was definitely a time when a large portion of stuff had placeholder just to, to get a sense of like how it feels. And I, it, it's hard for a lot of people to actually get a sense of if it's enjoyable because right. sound and visuals do actually impact the way you play. So something as simple as like the pirate fight was one of the earlier things that we had done. Like I'm talking before animation was on and like we would just go back and forth to see if this is the type of game we want to work with. And we did show some people, and a few can get it, but a lot of them, when it's just a bunch of like red boxes <laughs> randomly placed on a screen, it's it's harder for them to be like, that's fun, and you just had to kind of trust your instincts, and then we would get the, the, the feedback of, you know, they were interested, and then finally you throw the graphics on and you're like, come back over. We have a song in the background. <laughs> this is no longer red boxes sliding. What do you think <laughs> now? And the, the, the response was insane. Uh, obviously, it was, it was, the process was long. You guys had to delay a couple of times. Hype has been kind of a very active topic in video game development and you know marketing for a while now, what was it like feeling like, I mean, when I remember when I first saw the Cuphead footage, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. And then 
through the delays, now you start to feel like, oh my God, what's what's going to happen? Are they ever going to show it? Is it bad? Did you what, what was it like riding that wave of expectations that seemed to be that seemed to you know go from like hype to backlash you know within a span of a few months? And the game had wasn't even out. Yes, well, Jared and I are both so. Uh we don't experience a ton of emotional highs. So we just kind of, we just sat back and we're like, Hey, some people are saying this and some other people are saying that and we're okay with it. That was kind of, that was kind of our feeling. I know some people on the team got a little, you know, more jumpy about, Oh, what's going to happen? Or is anybody going to like the game anymore? But for Jared and I, I'm pretty sure we're just, ex- you know, we're one in the same mind when it comes to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So as for the actual gameplay, how did you decide on the mix between kind of a boss rush and run and gun stages and the difficulty that you went for? Because you're explicitly trying to make a challenging game. And I think that has probably become rarer these days. So why did you want to take that approach? Uh, to me, it's just what we we grow up and knew. Like I would... I would be hard-pressed to come up with something that would make a great first-person shooter. I enjoy them, I play them, but it's not, like, in my blood. Whereas we've spent so many hours together, and that's the best part of the Mm -hmm. team, is we've played the same games, we enjoy the same things. So we can dissect and find new ways to make something old work. Uh, Partially of the, the, the difficulty is just from growing up in that generation, the difficulty wasn't even a topic at that point. It was just expected that when you got something, it, it was likely to be difficult. And I know the that's a design choice for the time because they only had enough memory constraints to make a 40-minute game. And for $80, which would be like 200 nowadays, you want to get the most mm-hmm. gameplay out of it. So we developed the... That, that, that feeling of like greater success from a challenging game, but we don't believe in, we haven't, or we don't want something that feels unfairly challenging, which I mean, I can still enjoy playing, but we wanted something that was uh, reactionary, something that if you're willing of any age, any type, any gamer, uh, you can do it. You just need to put in mm-hmm. a little bit more time. So all... Like, difficulty is just something that goes with certain genres. And when we combined, like, our two favorite things, 2D games and 2D art, it just seemed like a logical path that the game should still somewhat be challenging, somewhat represent the era that we grew up with. And how much fine-tuning was required to get that right mix between challenging and frustrating? Because as Jason and I were just talking about it, I think this game does walk that line very deftly where when you die, you feel like it's your fault, not the game's fault. It's not a cheap trick that, you know, the game just kind of did something that you weren't ready for and you couldn't have anticipated. Usually it it feels like you messed up and my reaction is I want to go again, get me back in there. So were there points in the development when you felt like it was too difficult or difficult in less entertaining ways? Uh, It was... Like, well, the, the the design for every level and every boss was always with the intention of avoiding as much possibility of anything that's cheap. That felt like there was no possible way to dodge that or you have to just pick the yeah. one place on the screen. So uh, a lot came from like friends' feedback and other things. And we have like a diverse gaming community. Like I have a bunch of friends that I went to the arcade with my whole life. I have people who are like the fighting game community only. I have people who do speedrun. I have people who only casually game or play like a puzzle game. And we just had to take with a grain of salt uh, just analyzing, watching them play. And same things like actually seeing fans at events really helps because you can you can show five bosses and get feedback without just, just, just watching them play. So it, it was the entire time. It wasn't like we just wrapped up one boss and I'm just going to say the slime and went, oh, the slime's mm-hmm. done. We'll never look at it till we're done the game. It was always paying attention, trying to match this perfect balance between how 
uh, simple would be an easier mode. How regular is challenging, but each world should feel about as hard as the first time you started the other one. And even New Game Plus is pretty extraordinarily challenging. But for the people who want to, I didn't want to push them past the point of how they initially felt playing normal, which is mm -hmm. still very challenging. But people I've, I've found uh, do pick it up and learn it, and it's that process and never making too far of a leap. And I'll admit, some of them are maybe <laughs> a little too difficult, some. But uh, in general, no, I'm just, I'm pleased. It took a long time of just minor tweaking and adjusting to ensure that players who are willing will always be slowly progressing. Yeah, and it felt, I think it felt like a, almost like a fighting game um, development, like just constantly... Uh, changing and revising just small subtle details within bosses and especially when you start layering the the charms and abilities that the player can equip it just you you know you would go back and say okay this is perfect but now this boss's pattern is way too easy you, you, you don't even have to dodge it anymore so let's refine this just a little more so if somebody has an xyz charm equipped when they come here, they still have to dodge a couple things. So there's, it was always an ongoing balance for sure. What what's, I know you guys just finished a extremely laborious video game that uh, sucked up most of your lives. But what's next? Are you guys gonna? Um, is there gonna be a Cuphead two DLC, or are you guys gonna just be like, I don't want to hand draw <laughs> stuff anymore. We're gonna do something yeah. completely yeah, different. And if I could p piggyback on that, you know, I, I know that you had to make some sacrifices to get to this point, right? Like you quit your jobs at one point or devoted yourself to this full-time, remortgaged your houses, I read in, in one interview. And the critical reception to this has been strong. I, I hope that the financial reception has, has fallen in line with that. So how does having this one success change the, the scope of what you can do? Well, I think the, uh, the first question is we are just at the, you know, still on the tail end of this whole thing. So we don't have... 100% concrete decisions yet and we are a kind of company who we don't want to start even hinting at things that might be coming because then you have fan yeah, yeah you have too. fans saying like <laughs> I, I remember I remember one one time you talked about that you enjoyed this type of game so when's that game coming out next and you're like well yeah. it's best for us to just like as a team internally discuss things and then um, only when but at the same time it you know like it feels like Cuphead 2. Cuphead 2 Maybe. confirmed. <laughs> no, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> you heard it here first, yeah. guys. Cuphead 2. Breaking. World exclusive. <laughs> well, and, and even better news. Third quarter, maybe even second quarter, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be super easy. Um, but as, yeah, as for the success, we're just we went into this wanting to um, make sure that we can make another game and we will be able to make some games in the foreseeable future and that's that's like been our lifelong dream so you could expect to see more games from Studio MDHR and we want to keep I think we want to keep hand-drawn and 2D alive for as long as we can so we're gonna play around with that for at least I can't see why we'd ever quit doing that yeah, I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't want to quit doing that. I'm like, that's yeah. the two things that drive me. Is I'm like, I I like all things 2D, so it would be unlikely. That doesn't mean it's not true. It'd be very unlikely that I could see ever changing that approach to gaming. Yes. And as far as like the support and everything, it's been amazing. Like. There hasn't been much time, but sometimes I do a quick glance and like all positive, all nice to see. There's people who think very like-minded. I can read a little blurb and then I can blush a little bit and maybe get that <laughs> sideways awkward smile that like a six-year-old does where your mouth just kind of goes a little too far one way. And I'm like, this is, this is all just so fantastic. I'm glad other people feel similar to what what we want to make and what we want to do and they enjoy it in the same ways that we do so i'd love to continue doing that for sure and mm. 
as far as like the mortgaging houses and other things like the the support is through the roof at some point i will probably um or what i'll have some money and i can apologize to the city and say hey <laughs> i'm going to pay my property tax <laughs> I just have been avoiding it for years. <laughs> you know, so some people I'm sure you've seen are already getting really, really great at yeah. the game. I am not one of them. <laughs> I'll get there. But I, as you mentioned, speed running, I mean, this game is built for speed running and challenge runs and people are like beating the game without taking a single hit <laughs> and just like you know bringing the the speed run record down faster and faster are you watching this are you paying attention to this are you guys anywhere near that could at the game um uh I, well i know more of how the layout is so i mean i have my yeah. speed run tech but i know the professionals will always outdo me they'll always be the thing that you weren't thinking about because you were too focused on other things so we've, we've noticed a few things that we didn't know exist in the game and uh, we'll likely make like minor adjustments, but it was one of the biggest things that I was waiting for. I was like, the best moment will be, it's not launching, it's seeing AG uh, DQ do mm-hmm. a proper speed run. I, I just can't wait. Yep. No, it's going to be amazing. And to see that people are already this good in in less than a week of the game being out is also just, I don't know. I don't know how it happens, but it's the best thing ever. You should have made it harder. Yeah, maybe that's too the, easy. Maybe it's way too easy. That's what it is. Well, that's maybe a good idea. We need to patch the game harder <laughs> yeah. right soon. Yes. <laughs> Have you had to do a, a lot of post-release work? I know you guys were crunching right up to the last minute and release week, but between that and I'm sure people are already clamoring for DLC or or ports at some point down the road. So are you still actively working on Cuphead full-time or, or part-time? Yeah, I think it's full-time for a while. We have just some very mm-hmm. minor bugs and small revisions that we're going to patch out as soon as we humanly can. And um, that we want to um, localize into the, I think, I can't remember how many, but we have a set of languages that we wanted to get in at launch, but it just slipped. So we have to make sure all that's done. There's a bunch of other things we want to look into. So it's going to be Cuphead for at least a little bit, for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we have been talking to Chad and Jared Moldenhauer the creators of Cuphead. You can find out more about Cuphead at cupheadgame.com or just go get it. Just play it. Take our word for it. You won't regret it. Chad and Jared, congratulations on bringing this thing to life. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Jason, we are yeah. a, a week away from my wedding. Eight days. We get eight so, days. I'm so excited. Not that I'm counting down the days or anything. Yes, you are. What are you talking about? <laughs> this whole thing is just an excuse to stage a binge mode reunion with you and uh, Mallory coming to my wedding. I can't dun, wait. Dun, dun. I know. I haven't <laughs> seen her in, in, since we ended. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I am doing the video game bachelor party that we That's talked amazing. about some amazing. episodes ago, asked for listener suggestions for games and doing it this weekend. Bunch of friends. Unfortunately, you can't make it because you're it. across the continent, but That's I will true. see you next week. But we're keeping it simple. I appreciate all these suggestions, but we're just going to go with three consoles, five games, I think, maybe maybe six games. We're going to bring an N64 up there. We're going to do some GoldenEye, Mario Kart, Smash, and then PS4. We'll do some Rocket League, local split screen, and then... We're bringing back System Link, so we're going to bring Xbox 360s up there. That is one thing that this current generation of consoles, great systems, great games, but very anti-System Link. Consoles don't support System Link anymore because everyone's online all the time, and you can play with the whole internet, but sometimes you just want to play with your friends on the couch. Can't do that with PS4 or Xbox One. Can do it with 360s. So we're going to link together a couple 360s with two TVs and different rooms. Going to play Halo 1, Halo 3. 
it's going to be great. And we did reluctantly decide to incorporate some actual physical activities into this weekend, too. So <laughs> just some wiffle ball, some table tennis, nothing too strenuous, just to just to get our blood flowing keep, a little are bit. Are you going to keep stats on the wiffle ball? Yeah, I think so. I don't know how exactly, but <laughs> my friends are devising some kind of bracket and we'll we'll break this thing whole down and What do you think about the bullpen movement for wiffle ball? Are we going to start seeing uh, starting wiffle ball pitchers really have their innings reduced? I think so. It's proving to to work very well in the postseason as so I know exciting. you are well aware. I am yeah. well aware. You know why? Why is that? Because I listen to the MLB show. Oh, how about that? With you and Michael Bellman. It's nice of you. And I read your articles. Oh, thank you. Huh. And you guys are it. fucking incredible. Well, thank you. So I will see you in just a little bit over a week. You're coming to okay. the East Coast. Can't wait. I, I don't know what your hair will look like for the wedding, but you can yep. surprise me. It's uh, full dreads, like <laughs> down, like really long, like, uh, you know, like steel pulse type shit. Yeah. Just get it's extensions. It's going to be just one. It's going to be one dread that's really thick. <laughs> I'll be disappointed if it's anything yeah. other than that. But anyway, I just want to see you one more time before you get Stardew Valley for Switch and uh, we, we never hear from you again because that's, right. that's going to happen. And yep. the, uh, the Battlefront 2 beta is out this weekend. Oh, yeah. Shadows of Mordor sequel. Oh my god, that coming game is out so, that next that week. I played that I played at the uh, for a long time at the Xbox thing. It's mm-hmm. fucking great. Oh, it's man. fucking great. Baseball playoffs and wedding. This is a, a bad time for me to get into that game, but I am really looking forward to it too. So, all right, we'll call it here. You've been listening to Achievement Oriented, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Total War Warhammer series has returned to critical acclaim. Join the battle with four all-new playable races, the Noble High Elves, their murderous cousins the Dark Elves, the ancient and orderly Lizardmen, and the ravenous destructive Skaven in the most absorbing, story-driven real-time strategy game of the year. Visit TotalWar.com for more information or head over to Steam to purchase your copy of Total War Warhammer 2 today. And one more time, The Walking Dead No Man's Land is the official mobile game of AMC's The Walking Dead. It's a turn-based action strategy game where you battle hordes of walkers with all your favorite Walking Dead heroes, including Daryl, Rick, and Michonne. There's tons to do, and they even added a new hardcore game mode. That's for gamers like me, the hardest of the core. For experienced players, called The Distance. Download the free game from App Store or Google Play, or go to getnomansland.com slash rick right now and get Negan for free. This special offer is only available right now.